Wonderful. Please come and grab a seat. Uh, we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. Hallelujah. So before I go, Father, we pray your Word that is about to come forth. Hallelujah. I pray, Father, that it will continue to nudge us, to realign us, to set us on the path that you have destined for us even before the foundations of the earth were laid. Father, I pray, God, that you would speak your word to us and in our spirit that there will be an alignment, there will be an adjustment. Lord, there will be those tweaks in the way we think, the way we speak, the way we see. There will be a change, oh God, that it will refine us and that we will be fine-tuned to fulfill the call you've placed on our lives. So we commit ourselves into your hands in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. How's everyone doing? Good. Very good. It's good to see you on a long weekend. It's great. Often long weekends and Christmas, everyone's gone. You know, and uh, poor us, we're here now. It's good. But uh, yes, that's right, uh, and uh, I enjoyed cricket, by the way. I don't know if you watch cricket. Let's just talk about cricket. Uh, <laughs> now, that's good. Huh? India is doing great, and I'm not complaining. Oh, it was beautiful. Who wants to go watch cricket with me? Yeah. Oh, another Indian. Yeah, that's good. Fantastic. Lord, thank you for cricket. Now, you know, I often say there's a competition. There's Christ. Kara Cricket. That's my C3 here. There's Christ, Kara Cricket, and sometimes Cricket, Christ, Kara. It's, it's, ooh. And I was talking to this guy, Isaac. He goes, What is cricket? I nearly felt demons come out. You know? He's going, What is cricket? You know, God is doing some good things in the church. It's really great to see. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but if you enjoyed Isaac play drums last Sunday, you know, it's fantastic, you know. Uh, it's great to, it's great to see people step up. You know, uh, it's great to see people actually activate the giftings God has placed in their lives. Because the minute you activate the gifting God has deposited in you, you come alive. Amen. And I remember I was telling him, I said, uh, what, probably five months ago, I said, look, beginning of the year, I want to see you play drums. So he's committed every Tuesday to come and practice drums. Every Tuesday after work, he'll come and practice for an hour or two. Uh, he's been doing that for five months now. So it's great to see that. Great to see May worship. Yeah. That's great. She finished work at 3.30 this morning, went to home at 4 o'clock this morning, went to bed just after 4, woke up at 7.30. She rocked up here at 8.30. Now she's leading worship. You know? That's good. Let's talk about commitment. Now those of you who are blessed with time, I want to challenge you. It doesn't matter what age you have or you are in. God has put a gift in you. God has planted you 
in this earth for such a time as this. God has planted you here for such a time as this. For you not to just make yourselves comfortable, but to actually build the kingdom of God. Amen. So I want to encourage you. When you come in, it's nice and warm. While it's nice and cold in here, when it's hot there, when it's cold there, it's warm in here. Everything is clean and there are people that are working in the background. Why? Because they love God. Now I want to tell you, don't just come and sit down and warm the pews. After a while, we'll have our own design there on the seat. But I want to encourage you to get activated. Amen. Because this year we're talking about flourish. And as I say, Expression Church, our vision is to raise and empower a generation to change their world for Christ. Raise and empower a generation who will change their world for Christ. And I tell you what, for us to do that, we need to know how to flourish in the house of God. How to flourish in the courts of God. Because God designed us to flourish. Amen. You know, this year our theme is to flourish in the house of God. Do you know that God, every scripture you read, it's all about how God wants us to flourish. God wants us to be a blessing. God wants us to carry His presence. God wants us to live in peace. God wants us to live with joy. That's His plan for us. Amen. So in everything, He wants us to flourish. So how do you flourish? How do you live a godly life? How do you really, truly flourish in the kingdom of God? Especially on this question of there is culture. You know, our modern society is, uh, you know, for us, we gauge it flourishing is you got money, you've got family, you've got house. And I mean, that's all good. That's very important. That's good. But do you know people who are rich still struggle? So that shows us money does not solve all problems. You're quiet. You want some butter chicken, sir? So money doesn't solve all problems. You know, to flourish, there is a deeper sense, there's a deeper longing in human being. If you all got an ailment, if you break your bone, the doctor will fix you. If you got a headache or there's some stuff going on in your mind, they'll give you pills to balance that. But no one has an answer for your spirit. Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus helps you for your spirit to come alive. And the spirit will fully come alive when you plant yourself in the house of God. So let's look at this scripture here. You know, when God created, I'll come here. When God created, He said everything He created, He said this is very good. It's very good. Come on now, Adam, go have fun. Eve, go have fun. But they committed sin. And that distorted their walk with God. And we still pay the consequences of that. But let's look at Psalm 1 and verse 2. This morning, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. His delight, whose delight? Not God's delight. That's your delight and my delight. His delight, my delight is in the law of the Lord and that I meditate on it day and night. 
What does that mean? That means that I am actually engaging my mind to think about God. Not when I'm facing problems, but it's also when I'm in good season, I am thinking about God, that He is my God. I rejoice in Jesus Christ. But His delight is in the law of the Lord, and he, in His law He meditates day and night. Verse 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves Leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Amen? When I read that, I think, man, that's awesome. That's how God looks at us. You know, God has better opinion about us than we have on ourselves. Let me say that again. God has a better opinion about us than we have on ourselves. Because that's why when he looks at us, he says, he doesn't look at us as a failure. He says, you're a head, not a tail. You are an apple of his eye. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, he knew us. He has a better opinion. He has a better image of us than we have on ourselves. So it's very important to capture how God sees us. And the way we can capture that is when we delight in the law of the Lord. When we meditate on His Word day and night. And Romans 12, it says, renewing of your mind. The more you meditate, do you know what? It's not your emotions that will move God. It's your faith that will move God. So when we delight in Him, this the character of God is being deposited in us. Then uh, the more I delight in Him, the more I delight. It's delighting, it's celebrating, it's having fun in the presence of God. And my first point is flourishing can only be achieved because our source is from God. Our source is from God. Only when we're connected to Him, when our spirits are connected to Him, our minds are connected to Him, we begin to flourish. So the first thing we need to do is to connect our mind. Because the more you renew your mind, the more you begin to see how God sees you. And there are so many Christians today who have identity crisis. And the devil wants us to hold on to those insecurities. Hold on to those those pain and the limitations and the lack. And we live quite limited. But that's not how God sees. He wants you to flourish. Irrespective of what your limitations are, if you begin to capture the wonder of His creation. The wonder of His creation is not the trees, not the grass, not the animals. Today, sadly, we give more importance to cats than people. We give more importance to trees than people. That's where new age comes from. Hugging a tree. God wants us to tend and look after them. It's important. But for Him, you and I are far more important than anyone or anything else. 
You and I are far more important than anything else. Did you realize he created the world? He thought, nah, I'm going to wipe it off. So he picks Noah and his wife and his boys, put them on a boat, wipe the world. He'll recreate the world. Amen. So he's that, so delighting yourself in the law of the Lord, meditating on his word so that it's not distorting you. Verse three says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And you and I are planted by the riverside. You and I are planted in the house of the Lord. Any tree that is planted by the riverside, very, very seldom it dries and dies. It's always flourishing. It's always alive. It's always green. And my second point is a true understanding of biblical flourishing leads us to direct all glory to God. We need to plant ourselves in the house of the Lord. The Bible is so clear today. You know, the minute you go, oh, I don't want to read my word, check your heart. The minute you go, I don't want to go to prayer. I don't want to go to church. What's it doing is it's distancing you from the call of God. Church has become a recreational thing nowadays. Hello? I'll go to church if I have time. I'll go to church if I don't have work. I'll go to church if I want to go to church. When I feel like it. No, no, no. It's, it, I want to go because I love God. And there's something about brothers and sisters coming together. And when we are planted in the house of God. And then we begin to understand and, and grow in the truth of God. Because the life of God flows in us. And then we begin to flourish. And then we realize that all our blessings do not come from our effort. They come from God. That's where we learn that it's the goodness of God. So what do we do? We directly give glory to Him and not take that glory. I love this here in second part of verse 3. It says, That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. I love that. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaves shall not wither. Some translation says it brings forth uh, fruit every season. Every season. That's why I'm telling you whether you're 18 or 80, you are designed to bear fruit. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? You go to a bank to buy a house. If you're over 50, they won't, they'll look at you uh, twice. People over 55 are finding it hard to change careers. It's how you look and the age, insurance is the same. If you're eight, pretty much 50 cents, you're insured, you're covered. If you're 80, you might sell your house to pay for the insurance premium. God is so different. He's saying, doesn't matter what age you have, doesn't matter what education background you have, you are designed to bear fruit every season of your life. Why? Because you're planted by the riverside. You are anchored into the truth of the word of God. 
And you draw your strength from God. You draw your identity from God. You draw your security from God. You draw your joy from God. You draw your peace from God. You don't have to go sit there, Om, Om, Om for peace. I can mock. I come from India. If you mock, that's racist. Okay, so don't mock Indians. We'll play cricket with you. And the results will show. Hallelujah. Oh, I was delighting last night. James, hello. So, uh, back to my point. You know, you draw your strength from God, not from people. Amen. He is your strength. And you will bear fruit. Why? You, bear, you can only bear fruit because you're rooted into the word of God. Love it. You will bring forth fruit in every season. Your leaves shall not wither. What a perfect picture. You know, I took out my wisdom the other day. I had a lot of gray. And I felt it's time to get rid of this wisdom, unnecessary wisdom, you know, causing me to look like 45. And so I decided, I decided, I got to get rid of this wisdom. And I did that. And my son said, Daddy, you look 25. I said, I love you, my son. I said, yeah, do you great. Come on, let me go buy you an ice cream. Do you want a burger? Your leaves shall not wither. Your leaves shall not wither. And your leaves are not designed by your age, your income, your background, your qualification. Your leaves uh, shall not wither because it's based on the truth of the word of God. As long as you focus in Christ, your leaves shall not wither and your children will be blessed because of your Righteous living. Isn't that, what a great promise to flourish. It's amazing. This is how God sees us. This is, and so we need to strive into sort of seeing the way God sees and we begin to live that way, cultivate that mindset, renew our mind. You know, biblical flourishing starts with your priestlyhood. If you don't know how to worship God, that's what the Bible says in 2 Peter 2.9. You're a royal priest to the holy nation. That means a lot of people go for fruit. They want fruit. Let me grab the fruit. I want money. I want career. I want blessings. I want this. But you see, before you get the fruit, you need to cultivate the soil. You got to cultivate the soil. You got to till it. You got to take the seed, sow it. You got to water it. You got to nurture it. You got to care for it and let the soil, uh, 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 take hold of that seed and let the seed come, the sapling. And then it begins to grow. It takes its roots into the soil and then it grows. You got to nurture. Most of us part with salvation. Once we have salvation, we think, yeah, that's good. 
I'm a son of God. Yeah, but come on, let's nurture that salvation. Let's nurture that identity. Let's nurture and look after who we are in Jesus Christ. A lot of us go for the fruit without looking after our spirit. As a priest, you are called to worship God. As a priest, your first priority is to get up in the morning and seek God. As a priest, that's how God designed you. You and I are royal priesthood. Amen. Sometimes when we get up, we can't even clean the sleep in our eyes. We're that tired. But God is calling us as a priesthood. A priest knows how to worship his God. And then once you do, your missional call is to be a blessing in the community. Whether you are a job, whatever you are doing, you are called as the son of God and you are called to be a blessing in your community. That's how we flourish. That's how we flourish. I love it. It says, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever you do, you shall prosper. Well, you know what that means? Whatever you do, emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, you will prosper. Jobs-wise, you will prosper. Wherever you go. Why? It's not because of your giftings. It's the presence of God. Remember the story of Obed-Edom. In 2 Samuel, I think, that the presence of God comes into the house of Obed-Edom. And what happens? His household prospered. Amen. His household prospered. Why? Because Obadiah knew how to follow God. It's not because he invested money. It's not because he's got degrees longer than his last name. She agrees. God wants us to prosper in every aspect of our life, physically, emotionally, spiritually. That's why I love this verse. If you go to 3 John verse 2, 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in... Thank you. And be in just as your... Soul prospers. This is the word of God. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. In all things. In all things. Everything we do, we got to prosper. It's Prosper is not about money. Prosper is about your well-being. Money is a factor of that. But not just money. But in everything you do, you prosper in health. Just as your soul prospers. Your soul, your emotions, your intellect, your feelings, your, the way you think. That needs to prosper. How will you prosper? Only when you are planted in the house of God by the riverside. I love it. Psalmist said, said in verse 20, uh, chapter 23 of Psalm, verse 5, he says, my cups runs over. My cup runs over. What a great picture. My cup runs over. I don't want to, I want to kind of play on that a little bit here. My cup runs over. 
Let's see if I can do this. All right. I brought a towel so I don't wet the carpet. And I had to get a white tub because we were in church. Okay. My cup runs over. I love that. When your source is Christ, when your trust is God, when your hope is God, when your whole being is in Christ, your cup runs over. Amen. God has designed you. I want you to think about it like this. So here is a cup. And so I want you to think this is God. This is His power, His peace. His, as you delight yourself, there's so much life in God. Okay, and you've got to plug yourself to God. So think of it like a hose pipe. It's covered somewhere by the garden pipe tap thing there on the wall outside. And so the more you see God, God, I delight in you. I love you so much. I worship you. I praise you. Thankful heart fills your cup. Hello? The world you live in says, it's teaching us how to complain. You have a right to complain. But a thankful heart fills your cup. Lord, I thank you for my family. Lord, I thank you for my husband, my wife. Not my husband, your husband. Okay? I don't have a husband, I have a wife. Lord, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my three children. I'm just telling my story. I thank you, God, for blessing us with these three beautiful, loving, exhausting, yet good kids. I thank you. Thank you that you have made me a shepherd of this flock. That I didn't die for, but you died for these people. And you have entrusted me to look after them. So you better help me, Jesus. And I say that seriously. You better help me, God, to look after your people that you died for. To, I want to encourage them to flourish in your ways. And the more I'm praying for you, my cup is filling up. Howdy, partner. Comprende? So it fills your cup. Lord, I thank you for my godly, lovely wife. I am blessed man. Who she prays for me, she encourages me, she corrects me. It's good. Lord, I thank you for my church family. Hallelujah. And now, Lord, it's already starting to fill, see? Thankful heart. And then, thank you for the job you have given me. Thank you for the money that I get week by week. Thank you, Lord, for the community of friends I have. Thank you, Lord. You see, my cup is running over. It's flowed over. The more I begin to praise Jesus, you are the Lord. I give you praise for all the giftings and the gifts I have. And what happens? People begin to see and your cup is running over. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to wear a big watch to show it. You don't have to drive a fancy car to do it. You be thankful to God and your cup runs over. Your cup will run over. 
your cup runs over. I want to take you to another scripture. Is this making sense? Let's turn to Jeremiah 12. I love some honest conversations in the Bible. Here is Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Hey, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. I mean, he is like him and God are like this. Okay, Jeremiah was also known as a weeping prophet. You know, uh, if you read Jeremiah, understand his nature. No one really took notice of Jeremiah in his day. Just letting you know. But we got a bit of yay book Bible book about Jeremiah. Amazing stories. So Jeremiah comes to God. I mean, he captured who God was. So here is Jeremiah chapter 12. Uh, so let's go. Yep, that's good. Chapter 12. He says, righteous are you, O Lord. Good. He had a good theology about God. Righteous are you, O God, when I plead with you, yet let me talk to you about your judgments. So he's saying, God, you're God, but can I just tell you? I've got a few questions about the way you're dealing with things lately. I want you to capture this. I think we all think like this. We all talk like this. God, let me tell you. That I'm not really happy with the way you are moving nowadays in our society. God, I'm not happy that you seem to bless Nelu more than you bless me. That's not fair. I'm just kidding. It's great that you're being blessed. By the way, can I say, she got a residency. It's fantastic. Uh, And not only that, she got a promotion. And it's fantastic. And the whole family got residency. So they don't have to pay international fees anymore. Now all that money goes into my account. Uh, while I go to Maldives. Yeah. Forgive you for that. Uh, anyway, let's come back to our text. Yet let me talk to you with your judgment. Why does the, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Hey God, why does the way of the wicked prosper? You know, that guy next door, he seems to prosper, yet his life doesn't match with you. How come that you're blessing him? I want to have a chat with you today, God. That's not fair. It's not fair. I come, I pray every day. I go to church every Sunday. I go to the connect group every Tuesday or Wednesday. I lead worship. I do all these things. But yet, how come John, my neighbor... Is more blessed than I am. It's not fair. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? Those cantankerous spirits. Why are those people that treat people like garbage, yet they seem to flourish? So Jeremiah, you've got to understand, Jeremiah is upset with God. He starts off, you're righteous, righteous are you, O God. But he says, the way you're dealing with things is not fair. And then he goes on to say in verse 2. He says, you have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their minds. It's interesting because I think Jeremiah lost. He was getting a bit frustrated because he was praying for the tribe of Judah. So what happens is sometimes instead of my cup runneth over, my cup 
leaketh under. You see that? My cup leaketh over. I had to put three holes. Looks like cricket pitch and three wickets. Just to rub it in a little bit more. You know, so he said, Yo, they're far from you. Let's go to verse 3, please. And it says, But you, O Lord, you have seen me and you have tested my heart towards you. Pull them out. He's starting to give God advice. He is giving God an advice. He's saying, God, you actually forgot how to lead these people. You see why he's doing that? He's leaking. We all leak. Spiritually, we deplete. Time to time. And that's where the world starts coming into us. The worldly standard seems look better than godly standards. We settle for average instead of God. And he's giving God advice. He said, pull them out like sheep from the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. In other words, kill those fellows, God. I'm sick and tired of the way they are living their life. Just kill them, would you? And verse 4. How long will you, will the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither? The beasts and the birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there because they said he will not see our final end. Jeremiah was in a bit of background context. He was talking about people who said, God doesn't judge. Live the way you want to live. God is a loving God. He won't judge. So Jeremiah is judging these people on behalf of God. While he's still leaking. Doesn't make sense. We all leak. And when we leak, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's not fair. God doesn't work with fairness. He's a just God. We can't understand that, but that's who he is. That's not right. It's not about right and left or right and wrong. It's about life and death. Pour some Oh, it's going on the carpet. And so he's frustrated here. Jeremiah, how many of you been like that? Where you're frustrated in life. You are so sick of life. You're so sick of unanswered prayers. You're so sick, you can't just be bothered with it. You're like, oh, this is just a waste of time. Have you been there before? Thank you, honest people. Look, how many of you lifted your hands? Thank you. No one lifted their hands. I was a lie. But you see, we've always been, we've been there before, right? It's like, I, Lord, I've done everything. I know everything. And it just doesn't seem to work. So Jeremiah was really being honest with God. And he's saying, I'm frustrated. I don't see this, Lord. How is this right? How come these things will happen? And then come verse 5. I love when God talks. Amen. I love when God talks. And God says this in 5. Jeremiah. Oh, Jerry. Jerry, my son, come here. Jerry boy. 
Come here. Let me have a word with you. And this is how God sees Jeremiah. I love it. If you have run with foot with the footmen, and they have what? Buried you, then how can you contend with what a picture that talks about supernatural life. Because he's saying, if you are tired by the day-to-day things, how are you going to contend with horses? If you're tired by your day-to-day grind, how are you going to contend with more things that I'm going to put upon you? If you're tired of your day-to-day work, oh, I'm so tired because I worked 60 hours today. Who asked you to work 60 hours? Because you want to make more money. In the process of making more money, neglecting God, neglecting your soul, you expect God to flourish you but it was long gone that you stopped meditating on his word you are so tired you don't have time to meditate on his word you are so busy that you don't have time to read the word of God do you know it's one thing to come here Cara I can do this with my wife come here it's something to say uh, she's standing there I say I love you honey See you later. Bye-bye. You know, you're awesome. Yep, yep. And then I grab my phone and say, honey, how are you doing? That's great. There's something talking like that, but there's something sitting down and saying, I love you. Thank you for marrying me. Thank you for journeying with me and being faithful to the call God has placed upon our lives. Together, let us serve our God with our three littlies. There's something about sitting down with Jesus. There's something about in your busy schedule, something about taking time to sit down with your loved one, Jesus Christ, the lover of your soul and say, God, I love you. I thank you. I thank you that you picked me from the miry clay, set my feet on a solid rock. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, you shall condemn that. For my hope is in you. There's something about taking time and sitting in the presence of God. You postmodern thinkers. You postmodern busy people. Today we pride in going to Wellington in the morning, coming back home by 8 o'clock in the evening. Oh, look at me, I achieved a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think in the art of success, we have lost the desire to see God one-on-one. I ask my leaders, thank you, Cara. I ask my leaders regularly, how is your prayer life going? If I ask you, how is your prayer life going? The first thing you say, I've been, it's okay. True? Most of it's okay. Why is it okay? I've been busy in my garden. I've been busy with my kids. I'm talking to myself. I've been busy with my grandkids. Don't blame your grandkids. I'm just kidding. I'm busy with playing games on my phone. Hey, Joseph. You didn't hear that. But you see, I love that picture. Jesus is saying, Jeremiah, if you're tired by running with footmen, with the day-to-day grind, how will you contend with horses? 
I don't have the time to go behind the text and explain it properly. But I want to say, God is asking us to run with horses. God is asking us to walk a supernatural walk. You can only do that. You can only contend with horses when you take time every day and seek God. If you want to flourish, you will only flourish if you have a clean heart. Have a clean heart. Have a hungry heart. Have a desire to say, God, I love you, Jesus. I love my kids, but I get sick of them asking me constantly. Daddy, I want ice cream. No, but why? No, but why? I said, no, but why? It's good they ask. But there's something about them coming and just sitting on me and kiss me on my cheek. There's a greater satisfaction in that. I think we've lost that love with God where we just sit with God and put our head on Him. And I say, Lord, I lean on you. You're not God. You're not God. (laughs) But you lean on God and you say, God, I thank you. I love you, Jesus. I'm trying to give you a picture this morning. In your busyness of life, could you please take time to seek God? Because He wants you to flourish. And if we're not flourishing, that means we are, there's something wrong in the way we are living life. So God wants to adjust that. Can I have the worship team? So this morning, what I want you to do, I want to do is not just be a hearer of the word, but move or respond. You know, the devil does not mind when you hear the word. He's okay if you hear the word. But if you respond to the word, that's where he's nervous. It's when you respond to the word. You know in your heart what are some of the things that you need to tweak and adjust to flourish the way God wants you to flourish. You know it. So I want to encourage us this morning. We're going to sing that bridge, I give my whole life. To honor this love. As we sing that, I want you to, can you recommit yourself? Because guess what? God's not interested in what happened even yesterday. Today is a new day. Come on, faith people. Today is a new day. All he wants is you saying, God, put the past. Come on, let's start fresh. Father, fill my cup. I better work out. Fill my cup. Lord God, as I worship you, fill my cup today and may I overflow. May your love overflow. May your grace overflow. May praise overflow from my cup this morning. Amen. Can we stand? Can we worship? Can we sing that bridge? Can we sing it with faith? Can we sing it with conviction? Can we sing it with that belief that God, Lord, you Ah, the one I give my life, whole life to you. Amen. Come on, let's worship God.